Welcome everybody to Ascension Stories. Today we are doing an episode with Brandon Thomas. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you. Uh, please introduce yourself. Tell us about, about what it is you do. Surely. Um, I am Brandon Thomas. I'm the host of a great show called Expanding Reality. And um, Natasha, you have been on it. And thank you so much for that. Uh, I actually uh, would describe myself as sort of a seeker, you know, uh, somebody out here just looking for answers. Uh, there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on. And so I'm just looking to uh, just see how far we can go down the rabbit holes. That's kind of my thing. That's what expanding reality is all about. We're here to talk about the ideas. Uh, there's no ego driving the thing, which makes it a wonderful conversation because we can just discuss the ideas without uh, me trying to prove them wrong or, you know, trying to prove myself right or anything like that. We just go with it because it's all possible. And I really believe that. Uh, and it's great. So thank you so much for having me uh, on here. This is wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate your style. Uh, like you said, just kind of not attaching to anything to kind of just like having an open mind, just like, hey, what ifs? What ifs? We don't know. We don't know. Um, you know, we've learned that we can no longer rely on what has been um, indoctrinated <laughs> in our system and, you know, in, in all the ways. And yeah, it's up to people like us like yourself um, to, to kind of bring ideas and, and inspire people to, you know, to, to think, to think outside of the box and, and, and ponder and do their own research. And, and the individuals that you have on are absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh, good job. Guests, it's all about the guests. It's, it's all synchronicities and it's all about the guests. That's again, where the new ego when it comes into play, it's all about them because they make the show. It's so cool. I just feel lucky to sit in the same room and have those conversations. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love those people. Lo love all the topics. So um, recently- well, You're one of them. You know that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, I only have amazing people on the show. And so, of course, I had to get you. Oh, so thank you. you. And my episode is coming out soon from what I remember. It is. When's this going to come out? This show here? Uh, this one in a couple of days. So, yeah. Okay. So look for it on Tuesday, whatever day that is. Is that the 18th, 19th, something like that? 18th, 19th, 18th. of January, yeah. 18th. There you go. Check it out. Expanding reality. Boom. Episode 10. I'm going to say four. No, one four. Of four or five. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. But uh, 105, 105. Yes. Awesome. There you go. Mm -hmm. But it's such an awesome conversation. You, you're tremendous. It's such a great flow. Everything is beautiful. So thank you so much. You're tremendous. Easily one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I was telling you how I don't watch any of the stuff that I'm on. Just, you know, kind of let myself be. <laughs> yeah, some people don't. Securities. Because, you know, I'm only human. You never know. I'm, I mean, well, I'm you should break your streak with this one for sure. Because you did a wonderful job. You're lovely, of course, and uh, you just killed it. So definitely break your streak with this one and then just go back to it. Your uh, vow of silence there about, you know, seeing your own stuff. You can take that vow right after this one releases. Yeah, will do. Fair. I promise. Fair. Um, so I wanted to bring up how you, I don't, because I didn't ask you how you felt about this or did I? So, um, yeah, you got kicked off from from being on Instagram, your expand, expanding, uh, expanding reality. Um, page on Instagram got kicked off. Um, what do you so think to, about 
<laughs> to be fair, it got sucked into another dimension. I woke up one morning. Uh, I had just gotten to a thousand followers. So I was so pumped. I was like, ah, oh, I did it. And it was like a thousand five followers. And I woke up the next morning and it was just fucking gone. And I was like, huh? Oh, can I cuss on this show? Is that what it was? No, can we cuss on this? I forgot. Yes, yes. Okay, I forgot to ask. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so it was just it was just gone. And I was just like, huh, okay. So I wrote them like five or six different times over the course of like a few days. And I was just like, fuck it. Uh, so yeah, it's just gone. I don't know if um, I heard that some other people you can get hacked and that happens. I received no notifications from uh, Instagram, didn't even respond. Um, and that's where we're at with it. So I just started a new one. So, oh, well, it just... And, you know, this too shall pass. So you just start a new one. And if, if anything else, um, I'm sure there were some turds on there that I was following that I didn't resonate with more anymore. Uh, and so it just kind of clears the slate. And now I get to really handpick it for the new vibration I'm at now. So that's wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love your attitude about that. Because a lot of people would, would kind of feel all kinds of things about that. Yeah, let it go. It is what it is. Beautiful. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you're welcome to contribute negative energy into a system that requires that. Um, or you can just say, you know what, fuck it, we're good. And um, there's there's an element of, uh, I think, universal benefit for being able to kind of handle things in that way, or not even handle, just exist in that way of, of that understanding. Like, okay, well, there's nothing I can do about it, first of all. Second of all, okay, you know, let's put a good spin on this. I could, you know, attract new people at the new vibration I'm at. It cleaned out some junk, probably, you know, some stuff I'd like that I didn't even know I liked. It was like an energy vampire sitting there sucking stuff, you know, and so I, I just look at it like clean slate and oh, well, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, awesome. So um, I wanted to kind of get into uh, on the show in general, I wanted to get into um, people's uh, ascension story, like their personal journey um, of, you know, like, that idea that I had when I first uh, had this this uh, um, idea uh, was to to have people be really raw if they're comfortable with that. And what I thought was like there will be a lot of stories of people kind of uh, falling flat on their face because you know that's <laughs> it's 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 difficult. It's not just um, as I've described before. It's not just like you know rainbows and unicorns. Like oh wow, like I'm. I'm uh, evolving and th things are great. The spiritual journey is not exactly that. Yeah, it could start off as like, wow, everything's wonderful. You know, there's, a, you know, this hidden meaning, you know, there's a purpose and all that stuff. But then, you know, kind of climbing up and dealing with our wounds, that could be really difficult, really could be dark. Um, if you have any stories or any, um, Anything that you want to share when it comes to your personal journey? Sure. Um, I've been a chronic optimist my entire life. So really when a lot of things that other people would carry with them for years or decades, just because that's that's the way the majority of the people works, I understand that I'm an exception to this rule. Uh, I don't. I tend to generally grab it real quick and transmute it. Now, I don't know uh, if this happened early on with, um, you know, I, I think a lot of this I was able to come to some pretty cool realizations just because of the type of information that I look into. And um, it really benefited me in the way of being able to let go or transmute. Like I said, I'm a chronic optimist. I, and you know, there's you know, a couple of examples of that. People say, you know, when you fall downstairs, you, didn't, you don't say, ah, oh, I fell down the stairs. You say, you know, wow, I made it down those stairs really fast, right? Uh, or you know, uh, two steps forward, one steps back is not setback, it's the cha-cha. So 
this type of mentality I've had for, I think ever, you know, it's just been something I've been wired in to just see the bright side and shit. Uh, and so actually with the like, you know, trauma, I really don't have it. I really don't. Um, and I feel for the people that do. And I, and I wish them this same experience to be able just to go, oh, and then transmute it, you know, because when you talk about, and I've had a few folks on the show, uh, Taylor Alina, and of course, Pat Mahan, uh, who runs Like Attracts Like, um, both of them have this concept of ancestral trauma healing. Uh, because the other thing that I found out recently, or was privy to recently is the idea that in a past life, which even that concept is interesting, and we can go into that if you want, but even in a past life, uh, you have other things that you've dealt with, right? And trauma that was unhealed. And again, this is like, great, you know, great. I thought I was cool in this. I was doing great. You know, everything's awesome. And then now I got fucking past life shit. I got it. I wouldn't even there consciously, right? But anyway, so um, what we talk about from that step then, ancestral healing, part of it is this idea of time and how it exists, right? This is why the past life thing I put in air quotes uh, is because it's, it's more like a simultaneous life, you know, because time only exists. The idea goes that time only exists from our perspective for this linear experience to kind of um, meter our time here, right? Our, our experience here. So um, whenever you start to heal ancestral trauma, what you realize is, is that it all starts with you now. So what you do is, is that you really go within and you work on yourself. And what that does ideally is uh, it heals all of the different expressions of you and even um, the different pieces of you that you're directly connected to, like your ancestors and your family and your mom and dad in this life and all kinds of really interesting things uh, as the idea goes. And a way that I've looked at it based on like, even just the, the woo-woo part of that being like, oh, you heal this and time doesn't exist. Well, there's a scientific rooting in this. Like you can point to something here that we can go, oh, okay, maybe that is how it's done scientifically, which would be um, uh, quantum entanglement. So that idea that spooky action at a distance is what Einstein called it. And just in a nutshell, it's basically the idea that two particles separated over an infinite distance, it doesn't matter. Um, when you affect the spin of one particle, it affects the other instantaneously which would tell you uh, that the speed of light that Einstein said was the, you know, in the speed limit uh, is not true because that had to be communicated in faster than the speed of light instantaneously. Uh, so there says that there's something else going on there. Now, when you apply that to spiritual concepts, such as um, this ancestral healing, uh, then that's, that's how it could be explained because you're like, shit, I mean, all I have to do is fix me. I, I affect the spin of my particle, which is me. Uh, and then all of the other little me's are expressions of, you know, source that I am out there right now because there is no time. Uh, then all of that gets affected in a positive way as well as the idea goes. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. This the, the you you hit it on the nose. So that's exactly it. Uh, it's it's all about healing us right now, um, and just doing the work for what's going on right now you could heal your ancestral stuff you could heal your past life stuff yeah absolutely um yeah do the work um so it's funny the 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 statement of there is no time i agree with that completely at the same time there's also another level of that that i'm like yeah time doesn't exist on a higher uh ex like for uh more what's the word uh um zoomed out kind mm. of perspective at the same time here in a human experience time does exist in a just a perception so yeah. you know so like that statement is like it's true and not true to me it's more true at the same at the same time uh, our human experience like i said it definitely 
time does exist. <laughs> um, and then people people are also saying that there, uh, there is no time in uh, the fifth dimension. Um, that to me is also same thing. And just like maybe we won't we won't be following a clock per se, but like you know like it's still a flow. You know it's a you know and you could definitely go back and forth. You know, you know close your eyes and go back to when you were 13, uh, 13 or when you were five. Just it's really easy. You kind of go into a trance mode and visit those moments go go into past lives right or go into um let's say your mother was hurt when she was uh, 11 years old you know you could do all kinds of things definitely travel so technically in that that in in that opinion time doesn't exist but like in our regular i'm gonna say uh beta wavelength alpha wavelength uh <laughs> perception most definitely linear time is definitely a thing it is uh one of those things um yeah so yeah healing could be done very easily for sure and i'm really glad that you you uh are such an optimist and you don't let this stuff drag you down that's that's beautiful well uh, i forget what mira taylor calls it uh damn it she called it like something bad it was a bad thing uh it's something about optimism but it's like where you have it too much or it's delusional or something like that now it's not that like i take things seriously like i know you know when like i have a filter with it but as far as like the traumatic shit um, i'm not like ah it's gonna define me forever i i just go okay well that's my way of dealing with it instead of just dragging it around in a little sack i'm just like okay well this is how i process this is by figuring out yeah. what benefit it has to me because i don't think things happen to you that happen for you so you know, if you are all there is and, you know, all of these things that it, it really are comfortable uh, because there, it offers so much psychological insight into this life, into the way that you live it. It's not delusional to find the benefit in something and not let it drag you down to where you become an alcoholic or get on opioids or something like that. If you're able to transmute it and really deal with it in a healthy way, whatever that is, then um, that's beautiful. That's like ideal, right? You know, right. Uh, of course, we talk about like sitting with your feelings and like being there and being present. It's not like, also, I want to clarify, I guess, um, because the idea seems silly, right? But when you really um, get to explain it, I guess it, it makes more sense. So um, it also seems that whenever you look at things from a positive light like that, you're rewiring neurons, you're finding solutions. Um, I'm a great problem solver. That's another thing that comes along with that quality trait is because you find solutions uh, because no problem is unsolvable, right? And it's all possible and all this good stuff. And so uh, it doesn't, it doesn't um, take me out to where it's so debilitating. It's just like, okay, cool. And then it's like something that when you're presented with these again, it, it, that's a great speedy way to kind of walk through the ascension process is to view things that way and transmute them. Now, again, there's some, uh, you know, and she does uh, psychology work. So Mira Taylor guys, go check her out. But um, I've got to, I've got to take a look at it, but it was something not great. Cause I, I told her the same thing. I was like, yeah, I'm a boundless optimist. Everything's dope. And she was like, well, you gotta be, watch out for this. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I still feel great about it. You know, I immediately spun it and which was probably a self-fulfilling prophecy. I was probably doing exactly what she was talking about, but I feel great. And I don't feel like I have things down there uh, that kind of get to me every now and then. I do way too much mushrooms and stuff to let that sit there. So I've got a good, healthy way of kind of um, exfoliating and liberating that shit from me. So it's, it's nice. 
Love it. Yeah, uh, you're, what you're describing is definitely an, um, I'm going to call it evolved perspective, because before you get to that kind of ability to be able to deal with it right away, you know, like you kind of come from the, um, <clears throat> I'm going to call it uh, the 3D uh, way of being, which most of the people on this, on this planet um, reside in and it's kind of carrying you know not knowing what to do with the stuff that you're carrying and it's so heavy and you don't know how to deal with it and you know like you'll uh find ways to distract yourself because you're you're so heavy so tense so uh up so sad um you know like uh, like until you figure out how to be in a state of mind where you're at that shit's heavy <laughs> that shit's heavy i've lived there and well, it is heavy. And I, I think that all of it, though, just like, again, it's it's a broader filter that I look through. So this is a sub point of it is that every opportunity you have in life is, a, is an opportunity for you to be a greater, grander version of who you really are. Or you express that as why you're here, your mission, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, but your level up, because it's all I really do think it's all about vibration. Uh, when you're when you're leveling up in your vibration, you're going to come across things that challenge that. And that's the whole point. So when you start seeing it like that, you're like, OK, awesome. This is an opportunity for me to be a greater, grander version of myself. Uh, you, we, it, you could express this with getting cut off when you're driving. OK, somebody cuts you off. Now, you've got a few options. You can yell and scream and flip them off, which is only going to raise your blood pressure. It's going to piss you off. It's going to scare the hell out of your kids if they're in the car. And, and then they're going to think that that's how they handle things in their life. And then they're going to have to deal with that later. Or you could use that opportunity to maybe go, woo, that was close. Is everybody okay? Okay. Everybody's okay. Okay. And then you kind of send them a little mental message. Uh, this is what I do anyway. I say, you know what? Be safe. Uh, there's people out here. Just be safe. Get where you're going. You know, don't be distracted if you're on your phone, something like that. Get off your damn phone uh, and just get where you're going safe and all of that. And I wish them well. Now, this, again, it's, uh, it's, it's more conducive for me. It's the way that I choose to deal with things. Some people love being pissed off and feel that that's the vibration that they want to resonate at. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're the only one that it affects. But again, yeah. if you're getting into alcoholism or beating your family or something like that, it's probably time to do some soul searching. But um, as far as this, though, it's also not this, um, again, delusional thing, because really what it is, is an it's an opportunity to observe yourself and to say, okay, what's the lesson that I'm being given here by myself, if you're all that's here, because it's you presenting you with something. Um, and I can give you an example of the, the YouTube comment, if you want, you and I had already talked about it, but we haven't talked about it on here. It's a good example. So yeah, the um, one example has been really, really recent. It was uh, Peter Shampoo's episode uh, and my monkey brain, whatever it was, just kept pronouncing his name wrong in the episode. I felt horrible about it already. I even sent him an email afterwards saying, dude, no disrespect. I was not trying to be disrespectful. I apologize because I was so, you know, he didn't say that. I said that, you know, this is all my insecurities about it. I just felt, you know, like whatever. And uh, he was super sweet, of course. He was like, you know, people do it all the time. It's a hard name to pronounce, you know, and he blended on the whole English language and the way we pronounce it. It was beautiful. And it was just really classy and really sweet. But that was a specific insecurity I had about that show. Now, you know this, there's a ton that goes into doing this and doing it right. Uh, you have all the audio, the video, the hours on prep, um, you know, the content, the quality, all of that stuff out of the thousand things that could have sucked or whatever or been unappealing to this one individual the one thing that it was was me mispronouncing his name several times by the way and again uh, i get it 
uh, but they blasted me in the YouTube comments. So you actually can still go see it. I left it up. It's on Peter Shampoo's episode. Uh, and you guys can go take a look at this individual uh, who rightfully felt that um, I was doing it deliberately and that I should be, uh, I believe, banished or burned at the stake. I can't remember what the okay, thing was. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. But uh, it was it was good. Okay, episode 98, Peter Shampoo. Uh, his name is pronounced Shampoo. I dropped R's in there. I mispronounced the hell out of it. Anyway, so this is, there's a point to all this, I promise. So it's interesting, though, that out of the all of those things that could have gone awry, the one thing that they were blasting me about and craft, they they did it. They poked and twisted like that. That comment knew how to get to me because I already felt bad about it was that point is it was something I was already on my mind. I was already insecure. I'd already emailed him apologizing for it. And then bam, in public blasted. Now I've got a policy not to delete those because it's stupid. Like who gives a shit? Um, and I don't want to contribute energy to it, but this one comment, it took me out for about half a day. And it was one of those things I really thought about and really was like, okay, what's going on here? And once I recognized it for what it is, which it's just a mirror of myself and my own insecurities back to me, um, <clears throat> I was able to just go, okay, got it. You know, um, there it is. It is what it is. And I just deal with this and I need to, you know, get better at um, being able to respond to these types of situations for myself, not to them, because I don't do that. I respond to myself rather than react. And mm -hmm. so um, whenever I can just keep it in that framework, uh, everything's awesome. But it was a great opportunity and it sucked ass. And I'm grateful that it happened because I learned something. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm still sticking with, with uh, you have a, a evolved uh, consciousness. <laughs> I'll take your compliment and thank you. Um, I, I just think that I just think a lot. And the way that I approach things and people and stuff like that is with the best of intentions. And I know that. And so when I feel that way, I don't have anything, you know, uh, negative to say about myself at that point. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. It's a long road. And um, it's, I'm st of course, still evolving. I mean, this is only probably a percentage of anything uh, that I'm capable of, of doing, but um, I do think about it a lot. I research a lot of very smart people and read a lot of books and have a lot of conversations with incredible people that have just broadened my um, scope of what I can consider possible, which is great. Yeah, it's it's the whole not being plugged into the system, um, um, consuming nonsense uh, material, like watching TV and nonsense shows where people are just mean to each other, whatever the case, you know, like, to actually do research and talk to like-minded individuals that can broaden your perspective and watch watch podcasts such as Expanding Reality. Come on, <laughs> look at you represent. Thank you. It's so cool. It looks good. Those are comfy. Yeah, thank you for for sending this uh, to You're me. You're welcome. Just kind enough to send me um, a cup and a shirt, which I believe could be purchased as well. Correct. Yeah, I'll send you um, the link to my website and you can include it in the show notes if you want. And then that uh, you can find it there and then write Rockfin and all the socials, all that stuff. It's kind of a hub for everything. So, yep, just one link. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, I, I do. I do the um, link tree thing that, that way. Yeah. That way, everything's just under one link, you know, Nothing. your link tree is insane. It's like you have to keep scrolling for all the stuff that you do because you do so many cool things. It's amazing. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, why, why limit it kind of thing? You know, why not? Why Go for not? it. 
<laughs> and it's not even all of my stuff either. I'm just kind of like trying not to get too crazy. <laughs> okay. There's more. Well, yeah, uh, uh, there's... yeah. No, please go ahead. Uh, well, if you go into the a healing, uh, what is it called? The, the healing, the holistic healing website, whatever it's called, I forget. Um, there's, there's extra, extra things that I offer that I, you know, I just didn't want to overburden the, the link tree just because it's like a lot. <laughs> I think you're still muted. Oh, my bad. I was caught. I coughed. Um, no, I, I was saying that uh, 37 is a little, uh, it's perfect number. 38 would have been too much. Yeah. Right? It's a little excessive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would like to know, because uh, I know you're, um, I know you're into uh, understanding this reality a little deeper by exploring and everything. What would you say are some of your most favorite topics? Ooh, uh, how long is this show? Um, I would say some of my favorite ones, of course, are the flat earth topic, just because it's interesting. Um, I don't have a stake in the game either way. It's just interesting. Uh, yeah. The other one would be UFOs and paranormal and all of that stuff. I love that stuff. Uh, time travel um, and really just like the fabric of reality. Like, is this a <clears throat> simulation or, um, you know, what what's going on here? You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. Uh, that's That's been what I've favored most is any of those things. I'd like a little talk forever on any of that, any of that shit there. Yeah. Uh, my, one of my, as I was telling you, one of my favorite topics, topics is about aliens um just because holy crap there's there's a lot going on um what would you say if you had to kind of paint a picture of how aliens are involved in our evolution or our being here or whatever pops into into your mind what do you have to say about that of what the non-human intelligences that people report having interactions with have to do with us, like what our relationship is to them. Is that the question? Yeah, anything that kind of pops into your head, like what is the story there? Um, so there's a few different stories there, which is very, very interesting. So uh, th this is another thing is I just like all, all of it, right? I would be so pumped if all of it was true. But um, so one of them would be the Anunnaki and Planet X. This is one of my favorite ones because it's Nib Nibiru, right? Nib Nibiru. Uh, this is one of the first ones that you come across. You look at uh, the work of Zachary Sitchin. I've got a stack of about 12 of his books back there. Um, and he um, allegedly deciphered some um, ancient Sanskrit and came up with this creation story um, from ancient Sumeria. And it just tells the tale of a planet, um, a large planet, uh, bigger than Jupiter, I believe, something like that. And it's going to be in a really weird 3,000-year orbit. Those inhabitants, because it's inhabited, um, came to Earth, founded primate species, and then altered it genetically to mine gold for them uh, and there's a whole tapestry of characters in there Enlil and Enki and all these really interesting that's a fascinating story so they modified us <clears throat> allegedly and then um, created us to mine gold and that's why you can that people point to that that's why we have characteristic traits like being subservient and you know all of this stuff um, and so it's interesting when and we mine gold for them for their atmosphere so apparently because of their elongated orbit uh, they're uh, having challenges sustaining their atmosphere, but they figured out that they could do it with gold. And so um, they sent Enlil Nenki here to mine gold, and Enlil Nenki figured, well, we can just make people to do it for us. And so they um, delegated the work to a species they created, which is us. So anyway, pretty cool. And also, you know, allegedly Nibiru's still out there, and people are just seeing pictures of two suns and stuff, and they're saying one of those is Planet X, and that's the Anunnaki, and they're coming back, and they're going to just, like, kick teeth in. I don't know. 
Um, so that's one of them. Um, but the idea that um, aliens or extraterrestrials, let's say that they're non-human intelligences. Let's say that there are just other things that aren't us necessarily. Uh, and they come from somewhere else. They have abilities that we either don't have access to consciously or we don't have access to at all. Um, or, um, and they can come here and genetically manipulate us. Now, this idea follows because of what they're capable of, it seems like. That uh, if they're capable of all this technology and this flight and all this stuff, if that's what it is, then of course they would be able to genetically modify us, right? But maybe they can't. Maybe they're just really good at flying, you know, making shit that can travel really far or in a way. And they can't do genetic stuff. I don't know. It's it's all possible, right? Um, another interesting one that I kind of play with a little bit is that we are the aliens. So I have tied this in, not really publicly yet. Uh, it's just kind of something I'm I'm thinking about lately. Uh, that um, there's there's this idea called Tataria and the mud flood. Have you ever heard of any of that? Yes. Okay, about the alternative history also, shit and world care and stuff. Um, what is it? Um, I'm so bad with names. My goodness. Uh, the I think it was tinfoil production. Where there was like 12 of you guys. No, you weren't there. I don't think you were there. Union of the Unwanted, probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've done a couple of those, but I don't think I was on the one you're talking about. It was like two and a half hours long. It was about uh, to Usually about that. Yeah. Um, that uh, one, no. No, I wasn't. Tataria... Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah. subject of Tataria fascinates me. A yeah. emotion. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. um, it's, it's, just, it's just like something's definitely going on the whole uh sacred geometry thing definitely wow like it, it blows my mind if if uh any of the viewers or listeners uh you know if you guys look at the churches you know like humans and i'm sorry but humans did not create such kind of architecture there's something going on what maybe. maybe maybe i don't know maybe there's something going on but there is definitely something going on. So my, yeah. my something I've been shopping and mentally right now, again, I haven't really talked about it, so I can talk to you about it, uh, is the idea that we are an invaded alien species that came in, took over a civilization that was already here, and that's what all the buildings are and shit. And we actually infiltrated this place and just they oh. gave us all kind of the men in black or the amnesia treatment. And then, you know, like the foundlings, which is one of the things that has to do with Tataria. Uh, that is where hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of orphan children were trained from the East Coast to the West Coast uh, in the early 1800s uh, by people. And they would just go to auctions and just pick up a child, go to the train station and just pick up a, a handful of kids to go work on your farm. Where are these kids from? Who got these kids? Now, one idea would be uh, that they are alien hybrid children with an alien hybridization program that were seeded here. Uh, and then all the people that were shipping the trains over were like in on it or maybe knew about it, maybe didn't. And then that's how we took over this place. But we are the actual invading species here. And we inhabited and took over and colonized and conquered a peoples that was already here. Perhaps that's what the mud flood is too, a high technology that we have access to. This also would explain like secret government programs or aliens themselves. Um, you know, who knows, maybe we are all wearing cloaking technology right now maybe there's like a signal from the moon that's telling us all to look the way that we do but really we all look reptilian you know what i mean who the fuck knows i'll trip your mind out right who the hell knows who the hell knows yeah i'm totally into hearing you know because we don't know jack technically and um yeah but i'm thinking like we're so like yeah maybe it's a cloak but i mean it feels really real right um <laughs> um i just feel like we're such such um 
what's the word uh soft species yeah we're not not built for this yeah no not yeah we're not built for this for sure but i'm saying i'm more so to invade uh something as such as so you know what i mean i feel like we're so well we're the kids so we're the progenitors, like several generations. So let's say that this happened 200 years ago, okay? And all of the history is manufactured. They did have a species of hominid here. Perhaps they were all wiped out and the clones were clones from them. You see what I'm saying? So allegedly there's a hybridization program going on right now with extraterrestrial or non-human intelligences and human beings. And what they say to the people or what people report that they are told by these entities is that they're doing it to save their species. So these aliens, whatever they are, are telling people allegedly that they are taking samples and genetically modifying them and having babies with them that they take. Um, and now they're hybrid kids and then they get abducted again, several, several accounts where they get to meet these kids later on. So the tapestry of this is very interesting, but if you weave this in to that, it didn't just start that it's been going on for the totality of humanity on planet earth, whatever that looks like, then maybe uh, the hybrid children or the foundlings were hybrid children that they hybridized from all the people of Tataria. And then either a cataclysm happened or they wiped it out or something and then reseeded those entities here, those beings, whatever they are, clones are genetically modified to handle whatever the cataclysm was after it, you know, perhaps that's what it is. Um, I don't know. If that's the case, then, then we would be their property, right? That's how kind of the people say that the Anunnaki view us, is that they're ours. So kind of like in the movie Prometheus, that was a nod to the story of the Anunnaki, where they created us, but they also were like, oh, fuck it, they were just going to destroy us too. So um, they're dispassionate about our survival. So this implies that Perhaps they're a little more altruistic. Like if they didn't destroy the planet, if they knew something was coming, then they could say, okay, we're going to take our kid. We're going to hybridize you guys because in 200 years, this is going to happen and it's going to ruin everything. But we're going to make sure that your species survives. So they clone everybody. And then the cataclysm happened, which melts buildings and melts mountains and all this kind of crazy shit. And, you know, the mud flood could be that it wasn't a flood that came in. It could be that the ground liquefied. And this has been, you can prove this, this happens where the ground shook so bad that it liquefies the solid ground beneath it and things sink. Well, if that's what happened, you know, perhaps that's part of what took everybody out or an aftershock or an artifact of it or whatever. But also it could be that um, that's why the buildings look the way they do. It wasn't necessarily a flow of mud. It was a sinking because the ground liquefied. I would give you the same result, right? But um, it's cool. It's fun, you know, to think about like that. But again, I've, I've just been, I've been thinking, I hadn't really talked it through with anybody. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. So my, my view, uh, if you guys want to hear, uh, so, so, okay. There's a lot going on, right. Through, through, through all the, the planets and our planet. And I feel like we are, uh, the latest installment of the development of consciousness and, you know, as humans. And I feel like they did take that I like, they did, did take the, uh, primates, like, let's say, you know, whatever primate and, um, or even, uh, let's say the, um, yeah, let's just say they t- took the primates, they took, um, or the early development of what would have been human, like, you know, Neanderthals or whatever. And they took um, higher consciousness, uh, the DNA of higher consciousness beings and kind of spliced them up to kind of, because this is not natural. Uh, 
like our I feel like our our bodies in this physical world it's it's not exactly natural for us to walk upward the way we do like I don't know it just doesn't feel like a natural thing I don't know so like there's definitely in my opinion some kind of um interaction between uh let's say Pleiadian DNA and and uh primate DNA um who knows and yeah it's just basically to expand uh yeah to expand consciousness to kind of like you know the more opportunity there is to for hardships and this is obviously the kind of reality where there's plenty of hardships you know this is you know very dense reality um yeah where there could be tension of the opposites therefore experience and that's what the universe wants but at the same time like it's just so dark like our planet is just so dark with um everything that's going on here i feel like you know the cosmos you know has i feel like this is just my feeling uh plus you know like any research that i've done kind of also that resonates with me but uh yeah so it feels like the cosmos is for the most part vibing nice and high and then you know it just feels like we have our galaxy and in, in this galaxy we have earth and this earth is just so vibrating so low so it's almost like a cancer kind of situation you know just like this really like kind of kind of vibe and i feel that there are extraterrestrials that could be in the form of um you know just they're in a different dimension they're in a higher dimension and therefore we can't see them and that they are assisting humanity with you know either uh having information channeled through some some people or um kind of streaming positive energy to to help us get you know bring up our shit so we could clear out all the traumas all the densities and and hold light therefore hold awareness and i feel like that's where we are heading we are thanks to the assistance of the these these i'm going to call them interdimensional extra extra uh, terrestrials whatever with their assistance we are finally making it to 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 this place this high vibrational space which is basically again a state of consciousness that we call the 5d so the universe could no longer be pulled down because everything affects everything so if like a place a place a rock in the in the universe is just so like a cancer everybody else is getting affected so why wouldn't they want to help because like that's bringing their stuff down you know it's preventing their evolution so that's 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 how i'm seeing it i definitely i've heard all these different other theories the one that you mentioned i i heard as well um which you know who knows and possibly also maybe more than one thing happened on this planet oh yeah so yeah. you know maybe Entirely this story possible. is true this story is true who knows maybe this isn't a planet at all maybe aliens or ets or ufos are artifacts of a simulated reality here to fix bugs or problems or go into the programming and rewrite right code like we we just don't fucking know we don't uh i like them all i really do i think that there are some things that point more to an extra phenomena more of a high strangeness than a technology in a lot of cases not in 100 percent of them of course because you can see some cases where you're just like oh that's ours you know it's ufo u.s military is that's a tr3b uh they've been in production for a long time and um yeah we just have those 
that's that triangle craft um so uh, perhaps but i i do like more of the interdimensional or because what it what it does what it provides for me ideologically is the idea that i'm already a big fan of is that reality itself is something very very different than what you're told and when you look at it through that filter you you're now talking about interdimensionals time travel now i put interdimensionals and time travel in the same category because if you if you think about it uh, the way that i think about it is is if you can interdimensional travel of course you can time travel as you just shift into a dimension where the time is moving differently or where you can control when you jump back in or at what rate this reality keeps flowing think of it like a river that you jump out of right so let's say that you put a rubber ducky in a river and you're like, okay, that's my marker. And then you go off for a little while, you go do some stuff, you move down river, you instantly transport down river. And then there comes this little duck and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. I remember putting you up a thousand miles up and I had some other shit to take care of. So now I'm back and now I need to handle this. And you jump back in that river. Now you're in the flow of time. So, but exactly at that point. So this is kind of an analogy perhaps to the way that this would work interdimensionally um but it's just an idea of course i don't i don't fucking know yeah um so yeah i'm so big on this this like the interdimensionals because they're uh vibing higher they're at a higher consciousness higher dimensional space they're definitely able to kind of you know go from 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 place to place they're like all right you know the whole quantum world all right i want to go to uh, let's say planet earth uh in the year uh, 2022 and uh help these um lost ones <laughs> uh <laughs> to kind of figure things out send them a positive energy send them information uh direction whatever yeah i feel like us 3d consciousness uh folks you know we're we're just we're we have such limited um reality where we don't understand the quantum world where we where it's um you know hopping from dimension to dimension is not a thing i feel like it's a thing for them you know and yeah. uh, we're just uh in the experience phase of because there's there's all these dimensions and ours is the the experience is physical reality place you know um I was watching, and I think I sent it to you. Um, I was watching um, Aubrey, God, I'm horrible names. Aubrey uh, Plaza. Huh? Plaza. Uh, Aubrey Marcus. I was uh, watching um, Aubrey Marcus. He, he had Matthias de Stefano, and he was talking about the dimensions. I think I sent it to you. Um, I'm not yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. All he, badass shit. He explained the dimensions and I was yeah. like, I love, cause like, it makes sense to me anyway. It makes sure. sense. Dimension after dimension, I was starting from dimension one and how dimension one connects into dimension nine and, and how dimension eight is all about unlimited, like possibility. You can call anything you want. Like that's like, talk about instant uh, manifestation. Wow, that blew my mind. Um, they talk about uh, the seventh dimension, how like they were just this, this happy family of let's say you know there's 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 one being right and through like the more you go down to the dimensions kind of the more it is no longer the wholeness that it is so let's say in the ninth dimension it is the wholeness like there is just very everything's connected uh 
just really connected and and then in the seventh dimension those that say they're they're like these happy um separate right like the separate consciousnesses while it's still still one it's still like kind of separate and they're just like happy being together but then there's really nothing going on so there was this one of them that wanted to kind of <clears throat> experience further so let's 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 divide a little more so sixth dimension was, was created or or was brought into existence and there we have what's uh we have the archangels and they create the dimensions below that so you know they're 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 creating the fifth dimension the third dimension you know all these things and yeah so the way he explained um uh the different i mean he didn't go into all the archangels but i was like wow like you know like archangel um oriel like um the word the word if, if you break it down the the first part uh, uh i'm horrible at the pronunciations as well but uh the first part of the word is uh light and then the second part of the word is of god and and then so that's ariel and then um michael like the, the first part of that word is like protection and the, again the uh, ariel or whatever whatever is uh is of god so like all these archangels they're just basically just different rays or different yeah rays of the rainbow let's call god you know the rainbow in this case and they're just like different aspects and i just yeah i just really really appreciated that and i'm just like sharing it to her like oh my god look look everybody look how great the information is and i want to share it a little more eventually maybe like do a podcast or something with kind of getting that information out i just i don't know it's just Ooh, yeah one of the totally most do that. yeah one of the, the most like ah, oh, this is so awesome kind of uh, pieces of information i just like you know like kind of putting it all together i like to absorb info and you know, and then and see what resonates, and that stuff like really, really resonated with me. I yeah, just... oh yeah, that shit's cool. Um, and I I love all of that. And the uh, different individuations to archangels and stuff like that, like uh, at a huge scale, like you said, it's still you. So it's interesting also is to think about that. You know, we're just gods with amnesia. We're just experiencing this um, because we forget it because we have to. But also this dimension, this third dimension, just to what you said, is very it's one of the furthest ones away from source right and so it's we've been fractured so much as a consciousness and split up to experience ourselves in these multitude of different ways these infinite different ways then uh the idea goes that it, here in the third dimension it's very very dense yes you feel very disconnected it's very hard you know and that's just the the, the way it is i mean that's just it that's what you're here for you but you dip down here, you kind of slum it a little bit with us humans and you're here to either fix stuff or who knows what the motivation is, right? If you're here to learn things, I think learning is definitely part of it. Um, but I also think overcoming the things that you're presented with here as fact, like the inversion of reality that's yelled at you through your TV all the time and politics and all that other shit. I think that's part of figuring this place out is realizing that, oh, okay, the things with the loudest voice are the ones that I don't need to listen to. Um, they don't need my attention. There are people here that are going to choose to experience that, but you don't have to be one of them, you know? Because you're just like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't need that. That's off the list. I don't need to experience that here. And then you just move on with your life and you go grow a garden or something like that. Yeah, That's it. yeah. Mm -hmm. speaking of growing gardens, uh, what is your relationship with nature? Ooh, I am so glad you asked that. Um, been a big fan of nature forever. Uh, this has probably got to do a lot with my boundless optimism. Um, I see woo and whimsy and I'm in awe everywhere. 
Uh, and that's why my wife and I moved out to the country about six years ago. Um, and we bought 12 acres and we've got a little pond and, you know, uh, all these animals like donkeys and goats and horses and stuff. So we've learned a variety of different techniques for taking care of animals, you know, because taking care of livestock is a little bit different than a cat. Um, so it, um, but we get to do this. We get to be out in nature. There are cycles that I've started to learn out here on the ranch that I'm very connected to and that I love. One of them being uh, the last two weeks in April. So there's these, this row of bushes that line the front of our property. And then there's a few scattered throughout. We found a few of them, but you find them in April when they bloom. So they bloom these white flowers that smell unbelievable. I don't, I mean, it's, it's kind of like not hyacinth. It's something incredibly sweet, like a honeysuckle. Okay. Something like that, but very, very, they're not honeysuckles They're huge bushes though. And uh, they're everywhere. We have to have a hundred of these damn things. And when they bloom, they bring in, um, thousands of butterflies and bees and um, all of that. And so, but they're all over and we've let some deliberately grow closer to the house now for this reason, because we're tapped into the cycles of nature. And we know come the last two weeks in April, it's going to be awesome with all those butterflies right there. And we have hummingbirds. We keep feeders out. We feed stray animals like skunks, probably and possums and stuff, but we have cat food out for a cat. We know, we know at least one cat's eating it. Uh, we keep water out all the time. So we have a strong connection to nature. Um, one other example would be living out here. I am not a fan of snakes. I'm just not. Um, but we live in Texas and there's snakes out here. So being able to identify the ones that are venomous is very important. But also, uh, there's a ton out here that are non-venomous. And so those don't need to be killed. Uh, and I have really uh, gone through it to see that they're relocated rather than killed. So there's uh, several times that one got in the coop. I think I went home every day from work and removed this one snake. It was about four, four or five feet long, something like that, big ass snake, non-venomous. I know it's not gonna hurt me. Still scared the shit out of me, did not care for it at all. And this snake wasn't having any of it. Like neither one of us were a fan of this. And so, uh, but it can't be in the coop. They can be anywhere else in the, in the whole damn place. Like, I don't care, just don't be in the coop. You scare the chickens, they won't lay. You eat the eggs, you know, and you're just, it's not where you're supposed to be. So I'd remove this snake daily. I mean, for weeks and um, a couple of videos of it on TikTok and stuff, which is linked through the website if you want to check that out. Uh, and so you can check that out. Um, but yes, very, very connected to nature. Also psychedelics. Um, uh, I think it only enhanced that. I've always been this way with animals and nature and outdoors and stuff. But um, psychedelics definitely gave me a, a broader perspective and a, and a greater reference for what nature has to offer. So, yeah. Speaking of psychedelics, uh, would you like to share one of your favorite experiences or anything that pops into your head, really, that you would like sure. to share? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the I'll breeze over my first time to take acid. It was horrible. Dark Night of the Soul thing. Uh, the worst trip ever. Uh, definitely gave it another shot. So, that was good. That was the first time I'd ever had an altered state to that magnitude. Uh, done the, you know, smoke weed and stuff like that. But um, this was when I was 18. So, I was very young. Uh, did two hits of acid and um, hated it. Uh, had a horrible, horrible, horrible time and um, was like puking and crying and like all this stuff. So anyway, um, then whenever that calmed down, I decided to give it another go and it was great. So acid was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed that several times. But um, one of the more, I guess, silly times that I ever did psychedelics was when I the first time I ever took mushrooms, which I talked about on that um, uh, roundtable that we had. So that was um, ignorance, uh, took the wheel there, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I just, and this was, I think, before the internet. We're going to say it was before the internet. I was 18. So um, the 
guy that I went to go buy mushrooms from, I was just like, Hey, I've got this much money. And he goes, okay, here you go. And I said, how much is that? And he goes, 14 grams. I said, is that a lot? He was like, I don't know. I was like, okay. So I take it uh, back to where I was living at the time. I threw it all in a blender because nobody was supervising me at all. I was just out there doing it and um, put it all in a blender uh, with Kool-Aid and a little bit of water because it tasted fucking horrible. And I just, I didn't know any better. And I dang, I took it all. So I did Thank 14 God. grams of really good mushrooms. Um, my first time to ever do it. And I think what probably helped me out significantly was about 30 minutes into this experience, I was just, my stomach was killing me. It was hurting so bad. So I went and purged. And so, I mean, I puked everything. And, um, but after that, like I lifted my head out of the toilet, it was a whole new world. And it was like that for about 10 hours, maybe give or, give or take. And it was incredible. Um, and it was, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun, a lot of insightful stuff. And I, I don't know too many experiences. I can compare the visuals I got, um, from off of that too so those were really intense visuals i mean really uh you think your wall breathes on five grams um it was it was significant even after puking so yeah wow it was awesome wow what 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 would you uh what would you say was your favorite vision or information from that mushroom experience uh that particular one um really set me on the path to look at this place differently as far as like what it is the structure of it like if that can alter you i didn't feel that it was um purely a chemical alteration i felt that you were getting insight that you were gaining wisdom into something that was really going on that you don't have access to unless you take psychedelics that's still how i feel about it actually i i think that there's um some things that you experience there and for the reason okay and so this will lead me to ufos and mira taylor as well i'm going to bring her back up um, so Mira has a wonderful, awesome, we have some crazy cool talks and this is why I, I respect her highly. Um, her vision is wonderful. Her message is incredible, but also, uh, we just get to go for it. And this is just like a phone call. We don't record these or anything. It should be a podcast. We should record these, but we Shit. don't, this is just how we communicate with each other. Yeah. And, uh, she has the idea, which I'm a big fan of, uh, that we are all there is. And so, you know, this, this concept of whenever you look out into space, you're really just looking at a submolecular particle of yourself. Um, and that you are within you because you're all that there is to this fractal nature, right? So if that's the case, I've applied this idea um, to a couple of different things. And after she told me about it, I was just like, oh my God, I just want to think about this every way now. Uh, and one of the things we had talked about was UFOs. And so one of the things is, is that she had asked me the question because I talked to a lot of experiencers, people who have been abducted or contacted or whatever. And um, one of the interesting things is uh, that I've noted uh, is that it's a lot of people say that they phase through walls or saw these entities go through walls and windows, solid objects from our perspective, from our uh, understanding, uh, but then they were also carried through that. So one of the questions I asked early on in the show and then just set me on this trajectory was, do you think they took your physical body or do you think that they took your astral body? Because we all understand this to be uh, a framework. You can measure this scientifically that there's kind of a lattice work or an architecture of light, basically, uh, that's um, that you're made up of. So uh, if that's the case and you can do this and we know this with people who astral travel and stuff like that, then maybe they just take your astral body. So that leads you to the question that Mira asked. So if they're taking your astral body and we're all one, we're all that there is, and this is a fractal universe, whenever you get on a UFO, are you really just going within? You're going in you. And to that idea, I've thought about that quite a bit. I, and to that idea, I would say that then the reason for UFOs is because it's very, 
It's very woo. It's very extra. So you know that it's some either high technology or something more advanced than you. So on some level, you either trust it or you know that you can't fight it because there's no need. Uh, they're they're going to take you out either way. They can freeze people. They can they control you. They could switch you off. Uh, and so I think that there's a little bit of an understanding of that to where they don't have to reach that level in some cases. Now, these are wide in variety. But if we just look at the UFO phenomena abduction cases specifically, uh, then you you start to think, well, yeah, maybe uh, you just go within and the UFOs themselves are a way for us to psychologically convince ourselves that we're going on a trip somewhere and not necessarily inside us, even though inside us is the only place that there is. So perhaps it's sort of like uh, cognitive training wheels, maybe, you know, to where you you get it presented in this way and you're taken in this way because it's technological in nature and you can mentally kind of wrap your mind around at least the concept of stepping onto something and going somewhere else we do this with cars and airplanes and shit anyway it's a means of transportation so um, instead of you just being zapped instantly into your mind um, which could be jarring i guess for the psyche one idea and something mira and i talk about is, is that they're just taking you within you there's nothing else here so the UFOs is, are, are just an artifact of that or a, a mechanism in which um, it's a little bit more psych, um, psychologically palatable is how I'll put it. So maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I see. Um, I'm yeah, I'm wondering if they were to take us through through the wall. Um, I'm thinking they probably, if let, let's say that's, that's happening, uh, they probably would have uh, some kind of uh, technology to make our... Um, uh, our molecules not as dense, you know, who knows? Yeah. It, it could be a technology. It could be a technique. It could be an understanding. I mean, if you get a greater understanding about this place, like let's say for instance, that they tell you, okay, all you have to do is meditate this specific word for two minutes a day. And now you have unlocked everything, but it's some weird word you've never heard before. And they have to tell you psychically or telepathically and you did it, I mean, that's an understanding. That's not like a superpower. You just figured out or were given the information that there's a cheat code here that you can uh, enjoy, you know? And so perhaps it's a technology. I mean, but that Arthur C. Clarke quote um, is, you know, any high technology would be indistinguishable from magic. So we wouldn't see it as technology necessarily, even if it was. Um, but I mean, maybe, you know, but it, it could just be this, crazy it's all you it's all a psychosemantic thing it's all you creating all of it like you you produce this stuff um as as a way to just solve your own puzzle you know it's it's another puzzle piece because it makes you ask so many more questions it it likes psychedelics um makes you really really question reality like what the fuck is going on here and it's definitely not what the hell they're telling you um, right. And that was another thing that I came to early, early on. It was uh, psychedelic spirituality and conspiracy theories all in the same year, year and a half period. And then, and that just turned it all upside down, which was great. I just went ahead and dismantled it all. I've had a guy named Tom Barnett on the show and he said something poignant that stuck with me. Uh, that was, he said, I don't know what the fuck's true, but what I do know is what's not. And so that's how you gauge your existence and your reality. Like you don't have to know everything and hopefully you don't. Uh, hopefully there are always mysteries for everyone out here. Um, but what you know is what you're not, and you can just go the other way. You know, that's what the lizard people are here to do. And these ego structures and control systems and all of that, that's, that's here as a, as a compass for you to calibrate your existence off of. You're just like, oh, okay, well, my compass is pointing wherever the fuck you're not. And then you go that way. And then you'll find, you know, things that do resonate with you. And it's, it's cool. It's, it's just a really, um, 
interesting way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would, I'm trying to, to ask people uh, what their um, understanding of the 5D consciousness is. What, what is your theory? Because I, like, I feel like we all have different theories, theories of what it could be. So it it's kind of goes back to the idea of a uh, great question, by the way, it kind of goes back to the idea of heaven and hell. Okay. So I look at this um, like it's more like that kind of concept. Okay. Whenever you figure out, or some of us get to the point where we start questioning the religious structures. Okay. And it's just kind of an inevitable part of the process. Now, if you get to that point, one of the um, usual catalysts is the idea or this concept of hell, right? Because you really start to pick that one apart. That one's easy. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, if that's bullshit, then what is it, right? Uh, then maybe um, hell is a state of mind, right? You can see people around here that literally say, I'm in hell. And it's like, yeah, you are. Fuck, you right. change that. Um, so, but also people experience heaven here. Um, I think that in this physical place, there are different options as far as, and it, again, it, it'll lead me back to vibration because that's all this is. Um, even Dolores Cannon talks about this split, and that's that's where we get this 5D Earth from, is Dolores Cannon's work. Uh, she was a hypnotherapist and psychologist that chan uh, had a bunch of people channel information, and she got all of her information from that. And she wrote several books. She's wonderful, by the way. Um, so if anybody wants to look into her work uh, and go deeper into this concept, this is what we're talking about. So the 3D um, would be referred to and where it gets confusing is is that we live in the third dimension uh, scientifically with the fourth dimension of time so technically it's 40 uh, but really it's just we live in within 3d objects in space okay but the third dimension is a little bit different than that it's more of an energetic expression so that would be your hell or 3d or the lowest like the shittiest you can feel uh, but that's an experience or an, an option for people to experience here in this place now. And it always will be. That's just the part of this place. Um, but also there's a heaven, you know, there's a place where you really don't let your attention get caught up in this negative bullshit where you don't give a shit about the real housewives of whatever. And yeah. you live your life and you tend your garden and you pet your awesome dogs, you know, you, you have wonderful relationships. Yes. Uh, it's though that's the 5D. So you can actually experience the 3D in the morning and the 5D in the afternoon or vice versa. Um, but I think that it is, I, I don't view it as going to be something as dramatic as a like portals opening and shit. I mean, I would love that. Like, of course, sign me up. Like if I had an option, fuck yeah, dude, give me the woo, you know, bring on the plasma apocalypse, which is something everybody should look into. It's fucking cool. And then, you know, do some portal shit. Yeah. And the 3D people are going to go back and we're going to go on to a better place. Now, what does that sound like? It sounds like the fucking rapture. It sounds like a Christian ideology. It sounds like these people, it's just another system. You know, it's another thing at, at a certain point. So the, to answer the question without getting lost in all that other shit, because we've recognized it and we know we're not that, right? We know that number one, that, that we're all, that there is, you know? So if that's the case, why would we put ourselves through hell? Why would we, you know, separate these things out unless it was an experience that we chose to have. And so keep that in mind. Always, you always choose this and nothing happens to you. It all happens for you. Absolutely. Very, very important to filter everything through those understandings. Um, have you, but, have you read that book, uh, Conversations with God? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Conversations That's with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I'm, so remember how we were talking about shower manifesting? Yes. Okay. I, the day that I did that, the first day, 
Neil Donald Walsh responded back to a comment about coming on my show and I had him on. No. I got to talk to that dude. He is like the catalyst for my spiritual awakening. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I have like three or four clips up on YouTube. It's on YouTube. So Neil Donald Walsh, the bucket list conversation. Yeah, he wrote Conversations with God um, over, yeah. uh, what is it? 37 different books in 39 languages or something like that. Multi billions of, uh, I don't know how many books sold, but yes, that guy is the reason I'm not an atheist. I mean, he's the reason that I opened my mind to spirituality and the concept of oneness. And I, I, I open no my mind and you, and, and you did this heart opening gesture with your hands. Oh my God. Well, that's how <laughs> Heart just like, with hands. Yes do it you know it's all right there but yes i i have read the book to answer your question in a non-nerdy way i just had to fanboy out a little bit and tell you i got to actually talk to the motherfucker and he's incredible he was so sweet we had a great time yeah that that's where that that i love that's also my favorite quote it, it, things don't happen to you they happen for you like yep. we don't know the background of why something doesn't doesn't happen you know and if you look in retrospect every single time like if you're not just kind of in a weird loop of toxicity, if you like with a clear mind, look at your past, everything that has happened served in one way or another to your benefit. Everything. Everything. He, he is the reason I throw around the, and, and embrace the concepts of what serves you and what doesn't serve you. That blew my mind when he talked about that there is no hell for this reason, that you're the only thing here. Why would you create hell? It's yes. Like I just had this, you know, overwhelming amount of understanding in reading that just the first book, but two and three are phenomenal as well. And he's written I, a shitload of books. I knew he was uh, because uh, at the end, when I read that first book that he was saying he was going to write two and three, but I feel like at that point, when I read it, I looked up the, the you know, the, the next and I didn't find it. Was, was it oh. recently? Oh no, these came out 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, then for some reason I couldn't find it. Maybe it just wasn't time for me to read them yet. That's yeah. that's what it was. That's exactly right. It's divine timing. Now, um, he came out with a new book called uh, The God Solution, and that's what I had him on to talk about. But uh, it was incredible. It was unbelievable. I also get nuggets of joy from him like, um, you never know how you're going to feel on any given tomorrow, which is brilliant. This is why you can't be too hard on yourself if vibrationally you're not a match for your partner anymore, because you never know how you're going to feel on any given tomorrow. And um people are really hard on themselves. But again, this is within that structured system. Um, and so it's very important whenever you start looking at things like that uh, to just kind of recalibrate the way that you think. Now, uh, Neil Donald Walsh also has um, in that first book, I want to say, there's an example of perception that he has, which I will also go ahead and credit my boundless optimism to. So I'm going to relay it here. Uh, it's, it's about rain. So Rain is an ultimate reality, okay? Rain is something you can't do anything about. If you want it to stop, too bad. Go inside or something, right? Uh, but if you're, but rain's an ultimate reality, something you can't control. So you can think of two times uh, when you were in the rain. One being that um, it was raining really hard. You were dressed up. It was like cold or something. It sucked. You know, you're miserable. You're just like, ah, fuck this rain. This sucks. Uh, and it, it was a miserable experience for you because of your perception of it. Um, now, another time, the second time that you can think of is whenever you either made out or made love in the rain or whenever it's been super fucking hot and you go outside with your arms out and it's raining. There's a great video uh, that expresses this better than anything of this guy in Australia, I think, and he's just like got his hat off and he's filming himself and it's raining its ass off. And it'd been like the worst drought ever. And he's a farmer and he's just out there. Right. So that nothing changed about the rain. Rain is an ultimate reality. The only thing that was altered in any way was the way that you viewed it. So this again is how you can say, I didn't fall down the stairs. I got down the stairs real fast. You know, it's again, it's this alteration of, of perception that, that 
I take away from Neil and I'm so grateful for lessons like that. Like I love the wisdom in those books. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the whole, my, my understanding of what the 5d reality is, I don't know if I've shared this with you or not. I don't recall because my memory, but, um, so, so it's also kind of a perception situation and, so the way I like to kind of started started with uh, with is like again a lot of us and I'm gonna draw from my own experience my of this reality my reality um, I was so stuck in um, in the past I was so stuck in so much density so much uh, lack mentality so much you know like it was just uh, it was really really dense so I had to clear out a lot of a lot of that density, a lot of those traumas to finally be able to feel my heart. Um, and so that's kind of a backstory to what I feel that a person needs. They need to clear out the densities, all the stuff that's weighing them down to be able to access the heart. And I feel like one, I feel like um, the heart is kind of the doorway to 5D consciousness. It's to be able to experience a person, uh, uh, your own reality through your heart. It's a certain kind of a vibration um, that like 5D is not an actual different world. It's a different perception. Um, so yeah, we could be in the same room and a, one person could be, you know, stuck in their heaviness. They haven't done their, their uh, shadow work. They haven't done their internal work. Um, so they have, they, they're not able to live through this, live through this expanded area, the area of expanded consciousness. And then the other person has done their work and they're able to, to wake up in the morning and have their heart open and, and, and just, you know, everything looks brighter, more like things taste better. Um, each situation, you know, you're not see, you're not seeing this, uh, situations because you've cleared out your trauma you're not seeing new situations with with a lens a dirty lens a lens of your past therefore you just kind of you're just being you're just in an expanded consciousness you're understanding this world um you're no longer lost so yeah i feel like the doorway or the portal <laughs> is your heart that's it so that's my, that's my, I don't know if I explained it uh, well enough um, today, but uh, that's my perception of what 5D reality is. Clearing out all the crap to be able to live through the heart space. And that's why I pointed out when you said expand, you expand your mind, but you just gesture with the hands because it's literally, it's, it's exactly Those are snaps that. too. I could really go for it. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to fast track everybody. So shadow work and things are important and absolutely necessary, but I'm going to, I'm going to, give you a tip for instant results. This is an instant one. Uh, there's no charge for this. You guys just enjoy. Start looking around at your world that you're the only one here, meaning that you are everything here. You yeah, are that expression. Yes, that's why that whole golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. It's literal. So literally think of it that way. Uh, do the shower uh, portal stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then that is a way to raise your vibration is you will get mirrored back to you, the kindness that you send out because all the universe, all the world is, is a mirror of yourself back to you. Like that person in that comments, uh, they just got me because they knew, you know, they didn't say, you know, your microphone sounds shady. No, it was that specific thing. Right. Uh, and so the, these are things to think about, um, be just good to one another. That's how I sign every show off. You know, I have this whole thing, be good to one another. That's 
that's it. And that is going to be how you access the fifth dimension. All that other stuff you'll desire to do as well. It won't be called shadow work. It'll be called integration and you will enjoy doing it. And um, it's something that you will seek. So the mindfulness practices are where I would start gratitude, of course. Uh, you could do something, uh, I believe it was also Neil Donald Walsh that talked about it, um, carrying a gratitude rock. It was either him and Neil, um, Don Miguel Ruiz. I can't all remember. about gratitude. It's oh. all about gratitude, absolutely. So That's just carry gratitude rock or a little bracelet. And so whenever you touch it or look at it or think about it or anything like that, you think of something you're grateful for. That's it. Uh, shoes on your feet, running water. Yeah, a phone. The, the fact you got two eyes. If you don't, the fact that you get to rock a dope eye patch. You know what I mean? Like there are everything to be grateful for, and that gratitude is how you shift the vibration. That mirrors out to you for opportunities for things to be grateful for, and like attracts like. Bing bong boom. You're hanging out in the fifth dimension with yes. Natasha and I, chilling. Exactly. Easy. Chill with us, man. Easy. You know, it's interesting. I. I got out of, oh, how long has it been? 2015, okay, let's say seven years ago, I got out of my last relationship relationship. And I have this, I have this thing where, where I keep, like it's been, it kept being my reality that, so basically I wanted to get a tattoo of the word gratitude to remind me of like, you know, like be, to, to be grateful. And because my whole, Thing that I was stuck on was, and I, yeah, uh, the, the whole thing I was stuck on was like people, just in general, people, um, um, they they lose they lose appreciation over time. They get used to something, you know, and yeah. So yeah, to kind of fast track that. Yeah, it's all about it's all about gratitude. You want a better life? It's all about gratitude. And, but I do want to add to that some like depending on the individual, some people are just not even in that place that they can, they can do that. Like they can't feel you that. You can always be grateful, always. And this is why gratitude is where you start. So I think you always have, you have breath in your lungs. If you're in what you feel is rock bottom, congratulations. Be grateful that you can't go any lower and that it's all uphill from here. I'm telling you, I'm a boundless optimist in a way. I will spin any shitty situation into something positive. I what had a dumb? tough childhood growing up and there was some very interesting things that occurred for me perceivably to me at that time it's not something i talk about but i can say that it's not like i'm saying some shit and i haven't been through some shit i'm saying it because it's the way for you to find peace and that's all that there is here is the way that you experience this reality and so it's very important to transmute those things and you do that by raising your vibration you do that which is just be happy that's that's really what it is it's be happy be grateful that's it that, that's where that abundance comes from. That's where that 5D reality is. It's right here. It's right now. You're in the 5D if you choose to be. And you do that through gratitude. So for even the people who say, well, I'm broke, I'm whatever, whatever, you could be stuck in that. You're welcome to do that. And you've probably been doing that for a little bit. And then the question, of course, is, well, how's that working out for you? And if it's not, or you can answer that maybe you might be able to carry a little pebble around with you or put a rubber band on your arm that tells you to be grateful that you're still alive or that you have all your limbs, or that you know you haven't gotten murdered or that your kidneys are still intact. I mean, there's <clears throat> all sorts of things, even at, even at the lowest um, socioeconomic status to be grateful for. And if anything, we've learned uh, from tribal countries, I mean, not maybe in this one, that uh, happiness comes from the less that you have. So there's an, there's an element of simplicity to it. That's not the culture we're raised in. And this is a deliberate 
it's it's deliberately done by the matrix to put you in that state of right. lack because you don't have and all of that and the desire now you're wanting things you don't even really want you're just told to want them Literally. and so you do and then you don't have them and then that puts you in the state of lack and there and boom now you're contributing loose or energy negative energy into a system that requires negative energy and now you're feeding that beast it, it it's something that you don't have to participate in and you do it by saying i am so thankful i'm so grateful that i have whatever in my life that I have shoes on my feet i have you know any anything. anything i have all my digits i have hands i you know i can spell my name you know any anything just be grateful for the simplest stuff and that's how you start. I could breathe. breathe. Yeah, you get air in your lungs. All of that. All of that. Free. Hi. Don't have to struggle with that. Um, but how That's about right. so see here's my thing. What if you're numb? What if you can't feel? What if like life has beat you down? Which by the way was my case. Life has beat you down to the point where you can't feel. Good. Then you have a place to start from. Then now you get to choose what you feel and how to reintegrate that into life. It's beaten all of the bad things that you feel out too. If you're numb, then you're neutral. Now you can build it from a place of new understanding. Um, so I'd like to uh, I, I'd like to uh, uh, insert how I got to a place of feeling my heart from that state. So the way um, the way I got to that point, I was playing around with breath, and I I knew nothing about breath work. Um, Technically, I'm still kind of far from being knowledgeable about breathwork, to be honest. Um, I know some, but nowhere near an expert. Um, so how I started was I would breathe in deep. And then on that very end of that uh, in-breath, there was a feeling. So even though I couldn't feel technically, even like I felt negative stuff, right? I felt that, but I couldn't feel anything positive. So on that negative, I mean, <laughs> in breath, at that, like I said, at that very end, I was able to feel a feel a feeling of bliss. And I just kept doing that. Oh, and over time, that um, uh, repeated practice, that um, rewiring, it kind of established itself to where I was now able to feel good stuff. That's where, that's where it, all started for me. I was able able to get that was my starting point to be able to feel beautiful, and and that's how you do it. Um, now the good news too uh, with this is that, is that you can feel. Uh, you you now are at a place of neutrality. Also, you have to be at the polar opposite of what you are because we live in a dualistic place. Uh, you have to experience that which you're not to know what you are. This is just the way that this works. Again, it's just one of those things, uh, and so your numbness and that feeling. It's not something anybody, number one, should dread. Number two, should uh, seek to avoid, and for two reasons. Um, number one, you seek to avoid or anything like that. The things that you dread end up manifesting in your life because they have to. You've called that to you. So the other thing about that it would be is be grateful for the lesson. So it, what did you take away from it after, after uh, getting out of that? Um, you know, I am so grateful, actually, to, for all of that stuff. So, like, so grateful because... What I got out of that was my ability to appreciate things. Mm. Now, I couldn't, th there's no possible way I could, I could ever have the level of happiness. Like I could be happy for no reason. Yeah. There's no way I could have this level of happiness if I didn't suffer as much as I did. So in no way would I ever trade my past. I'm so grateful. 
and and of course not every time this is going to be the answer um there's countless people and every single amazing person that i've ever talked to and i've talked to tons of them uh, they have a story similar uh, to where they had to know that, but it was the worst thing that's ever happened to them, but also ended up being the best because of what came out of it. This is part of this place. This is how this works. Uh, and you know that um, another good indicator of this too, and th this is something you can notice in your, in your everyday. Uh, if you're having a rough day, okay, think of it like a mini rock bottom, a mini, 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 a micro rock bottom, because whenever you're having a rough spell, I mean, I've had some that last for a few weeks, you know, where just, you can't get in that flow state. Things just aren't clicking. You're in your head too much. You got, you know, all this self-doubt and, and all this stuff. And it just kind of beats you down. Uh, enjoy that moment. And the reason is, is because you need to experience that because it's always darkest before the dawn. Now you could set your clock to this. Whenever you get to the point to acceptance of how that feels and just that, well, it, it is what it is. I'm still going to, and you keep moving forward. Boom. Something way, way better than was going on when you were copacetic occurs. It's this dip to slingshot. It is every time like clockwork, you will have something tremendous occur in your life for you uh, after some really dark times. Uh, this is inevitable. It always happens. And you can see this though everywhere. If you're having a shit morning, uh, again, my boundless optimist ass will say, well, you're getting all your bullshit out of the way early and it's smooth sailing from here. I've said it several times and it works. Uh, it's just, that's the way it is. It's like, okay, but you needed to start the day like that to end it with a bang because something amazing is happening. It, it's just an indicator. Again, you can take it as like, ah, this sucks, whatever. But you could also take it as an indicator that something wonderful is right around the corner. Just hang the fuck in there. That's yeah. it. This too shall pass. Always, this too shall pass. pass. Yeah, like even with the good shit too, so keep that in mind. Saying? Even the good shit shall too pass too though, right. so Everything keep that in mind, it's a balance, it works both ways. Yeah, just, you know, you'll, you'll be all right, you'll be all right, and all right. yeah, this too shall pass, so chill, chill, mm -hmm. it'll be okay. Well, Brandon, make Brandon, thank you so very much for coming on here. I would first like to ask uh, if there is any way that, um, people could access you other than the link? Like, is there is there anything that, that other than the link that I'm gonna be providing below, like any kind of extra information? Uh, uh, sure, uh, so gonna be starting expanded content pretty soon, which is gonna go up on the website and Rockfin. So this will be an additional, um, if you wanna expand your experience, is how I put it, uh, this will be an additional offer from the show where you guys can go sign up and we're gonna do some cool shit. I've got uh, some incredible panel shows planned out, um, some really great breakdowns on some stuff that we have discussed tonight, like the Anunnaki or um, Roswell or you know all kinds of crazy cool stuff, really in-depth uh, deep dives on that stuff. So be looking for that, that that will be linked at the website, but really the website's just the way where everything else is. But if you're listening to this right now and you have your phone in your hand and you're like, oh, I just wanna go, uh, I'm on Instagram, what's your thing? So uh, we're on Instagram, um, Expanding Reality 2022, because the old one got sucked into a dimension. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Facebook, I'm really on there. I'm really on any of the socials, by the way, guys. I'm usually producing the show or reading or talking to Natasha or somebody dope as shit, something like that. Um, and so that, uh, YouTube, um, Twitter, and I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, TikTok, uh, just mainly do like clips for the shows, but it's really cool if you just want to kind of go check some stuff out. Um, that's a fun one. And then some snake videos and shit are up there, but also it linked through the website. So you guys can just expandingrealitypodcast.com. Yes, yes, and it will definitely be in the description as well. And um, so, yeah, before we go, would do you have any other advice that you would like to share with the world? 
Ooh, um, I don't know. Whatever pops. God, uh, I would just say be authentic. Uh, be you. Yes. Um, Love that. that that's the main message that's my main thing that's my main uh that's what i want for everyone um be authentic be you and um you know i i will say again just be good to one another that that's a big thing with me um everybody's got their own thing going on and you don't know where they're at and so when you approach situations like you're approaching you that's having a pretty rough time on the other side it, it really changes your perspective mm -hmm. i'd encourage everybody to go youtube um a little video called the egg uh, it's like 10 minutes long. It's an animated video, but it's brilliant. It puts this concept into a way you will remember it if you haven't uh, gotten it from me saying it. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is thank you so much, Natasha, for having me. This is beautiful. You are a wonderful, wonderful spirit and just a warrior goddess. And I adore the shit out of you. And you know that your soul sister for sure. And I'm just truly grateful for you. So thank you so much. I really love how everybody's finding their tribes. Yep. Little by little. And for those that have not found their, their tribe or, you know, any people that are like-minded, just keep doing your thing. We're all online right now. We're not meeting each other in person at the moment, but that's in the future. There's hope we'll, we'll connect soon enough, but right now we're connecting over the internet and perhaps we're just, just watching people on podcasts, you know, that, that think like us, there's something, it's some kind of thing, but Spend that time with yourself, you know, if, if you're alone, spend that time with yourself, get to know yourself, do your thing. Brandon, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. you thank you, are, I'm truly grateful. Yeah, I'm grateful for you as well. You are a unique uh, human and I appreciate you. Thank you. I will take your compliment. I appreciate you. We appreciate each other. Gratitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my love. All right, guys, I'll see you when I see you next episode.